Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is April 16th. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block, which is Matthew chapter 18 and Luke chapter 10. So just two chapters this week, which is a big change from what we've been doing lately. Lately we've had five or six chapters a week and this week we have two. But there is plenty in these two chapters for us to study and to dive into. So let's begin. It's interesting as we get to this point in the New Testament to realize that the Savior only has about six months left to live. We are about halfway through most of these books. And so a lot of people think that, well, the Savior's been in his ministry for a year or a year and a half. That isn't the case. We actually are missing quite a bit of the middle part of his ministry chronologically, most likely because the apostles were out on missions and they were out teaching and converting. So there may have been no one there to record what was happening at that time. But the bulk of what we have in the New Testament, the bulk of the stories that we're familiar with, happen in the last year of the Savior's ministry. And now we're to the point where we're seeing about the last six months of that ministry. I think that that's something interesting to keep in mind as we continue on learning from the Savior, learning from his words, and learning from their actions. So let's jump into Matthew chapter 18. Now, this is right after the experience of the transfiguration, and I think that that might explain what's going to happen here with the apostles. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, it says, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Now, what's interesting is that the book of Matthew makes that seem pretty casual, pretty harmless, pretty nonchalant. But in the book of Mark, we're actually going to get kind of a different take on this story and what it may have actually been like. Now, the book of Mark kind of gives us a different view of the apostles. They're a lot more blunt, and we see this kind of more human side of the apostles in the book of Mark, which I really appreciate about Mark. And we certainly see that here in this story. The same story from Matthew 18 is found in Mark chapter 9. And listen to how the story happens according to Mark. Starting in verse 33, it says, And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? So essentially, the disciples and the Savior, they're traveling along to Capernaum, and they get into the house, they've reached their destination, and the Savior's like, what were you guys fighting about while we were walking here? I pictured a parent like, hey, do I have to come back there? I will turn this caravan around, right? (laughs) The Savior hears them arguing, he hears them disputing, but he doesn't intervene until they get to their destination. They're in the house, and he says, what was going on? And what happens next is really interesting. Now, what I think is fascinating about that is that it wasn't just an innocent question that they had, like the version in Matthew makes it sound. According to Mark, it was a little bit contentious between them. To go so far as to use the word disputing is really, really interesting here. But what's really interesting is what happens next. It says, but they held their peace, meaning they didn't want to tell him. They didn't say anything. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. Now, did you notice the difference in the wording in Mark versus Matthew? In Matthew, it says, who is the greatest? And in Mark, it says, who should be the greatest? Who will be the greatest? 
Now, the reason why I think it's important to recognize that this happens right after the transfiguration is that, remember, Peter, James, and John were there with the Savior. They had that extra experience or that special experience. And before that, we see Christ telling Peter that he will get the keys of the kingdom, and that he's going to have this power to seal on earth and seal in heaven. Now, I don't know if you guys watch The Chosen, but I really am loving it. I'm kind of a latecomer to the show. But what I like about it is that we kind of see Peter in this impetuous light, right? He's brazen and he speaks his mind. And so in my mind, and this probably isn't how it went, but in my mind, I see the disciples walking and Peter's like, yeah, Christ gave me all this extra power. And yep, I got to go see him in all his glory being transfigured. And I kind of just imagine him kind of talking that up a little bit or talking up that experience and maybe even giving the disciples a hard time being like, you know what? I'm next in line. Like I'm going to do all this stuff next. And it's I'm going to be this big shot, right? And again, that's probably not how this all happened, but I kind of, in my mind, picture it that way. Because it's interesting that in Mark, it says, who is going to be the greatest? Who among us is going to be the greatest? But what's fascinating in this story is it says that they didn't actually say anything. But as we've seen before in other New Testament stories, the Savior had the ability to discern thoughts. And so even though they didn't say anything, Listen to what happens next. Verse 35, And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and a servant of all. Now, what I love here is that in the past few years, there's been a phrase in the business world that is kind of taking the business world by storm. And that phrase is servant leadership. And it's a total mind shift from how business was thought to have run 20, 30 years ago. But what I love about it is that it's based in this doctrine that the Savior is teaching here. If you want to be first, if you want to lead, even if you want others to follow, then you have to be willing to be last of all. You have to be willing to serve those who follow you. Think about the Savior. Isn't that exactly what he did? Remember the term condescension and how the Savior condescended here to earth to be with us, to experience what it's like to be mortal. That word condescension means to come down in rank voluntarily. And so a leader, a true leader, a Christ-like leader is going to lead with that same sort of mentality, that same sort of condescension, that willingness to do anything that's necessary to further the team along. That might mean that the president of the company is mopping a floor if he sees a spill. Now, what I love about this is that sometimes people see the church as a hierarchy or as a ladder to climb. Even unfortunately, sometimes people in the church can see it as a ladder to climb, but they're missing the point. The point of following the Savior, the point of being great in his kingdom is doing the best we can to serve and bless and lift others within the sphere of influence that we have. Our sphere of influence might be big. It might be an entire ward. Our sphere of influence might be six five-year-olds in a primary class. Our sphere of influence might be our spouse or our children or our nieces or nephews. It doesn't matter how big or small our sphere is. What matters is how well are we blessing, serving, and lifting up others within that sphere. President Hinckley explained it this way. He said, 
all of us at some time will be released by one process or another. It matters not where we serve in this great cause, but how we serve. Brigham Young and a handful of others are remembered from our pioneer history. But what of the unsung, the unheralded, the unrecognized who lived the gospel, loved the Lord, and did their daily work without fanfare or applause? Will their eternal reward be any less? I think not. So it is with us. We each must make our own contribution, and that contribution adds up to the building of the cause. Your contribution is as acceptable as is ours. Jesus said, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and be servant of all. Brethren and sisters, we are all part of one great family. Each has a duty, each has a mission to perform, and when we pass on, it will be reward enough if we can say to our beloved Master, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. My friends, I testify that whatever our sphere of influence is, whatever opportunity we have to love and build and serve and bless those around us, if we take the opportunity to do the very best that we can, to point people to the Savior and to leave them better than we found them. It's my testimony that our Father in Heaven and our Savior Jesus Christ will see the efforts that we make and will be so grateful for all we do to build the kingdom of God on earth and to stay faithful to the testimonies and faith that we have. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.